0: this is a very serious podcast
1: hello everybody welcome to the next episode of splatniks i'm claire walker this is my daughter hannah kubiak hello we are your hosts of uh this very serious podcast and uh, today uh today's episode we're talking about aesthetics yes the study of beauty the study of beauty of beauty and beautiful things so stay
0: tuned stay tuned <laughs> Welcome to Splankniks, the Society for the Preservation of Literature, the Arts, Numinosity, Culture, Humour, <laughs> Nerdiness, Inspiration, Creativity and Storytelling. Welcome back to the episode, Hannah. What were you just looking up? I was looking up the um, definition of aesthetics. Okay, Um, laid on us. It is, uh, the dictionary says, it is a set of principles concerned with the nature and appreciation of beauty, especially in art, or a branch of philosophy that deals with the principles of beauty and artistic taste. Everyone's taste is different, and taste changes with the times, kind of. Agreeableness is the word that Kant uses. But beauty is something that we can't just say, oh, I like that. And everyone's like, oh, hmm, cool, you like that. I don't have to like that. But when something is beautiful, you like it. And you also expect everyone else to like it as well. What they described it as in um, the philosophy class that I took was that beauty is sort of a paradox because it is something that we... Something that we experience subjectively, mm-hmm. but we treat it as though it's objective. Does That make sense? Yes. So sort of like, it's both subjective and universal. So there are some things that are beautiful to everyone. Like, I don't think anybody would say that a sunset isn't beautiful. You okay. Know? Right? Um, Agreed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a quote from Dostoevsky from... Um, from his book, The Idiot, yeah, um, which it is Beauty Will Save the World, mm-hmm. which I think is very true. And um, we mentioned this, I think in our very first episode, we mentioned Beauty Will Save the World. Right. When we were talking about Tolkien, we
1: said that Beauty Will Save the World because um, we were talking about experiences of beauty and how um, I had experienced beauty in ways that I found to be very
0: healing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. People can find healing through art and through theater. I know that as an, um, as an actor, I've definitely experienced being able to heal through theater, being able to understand things through theater, um, being able to understand other people. So there's, there's something called, there's the, the three primary principles or something that that there's uh the good the true and the beautiful okay are those called the three transcendentals is that correct yes yes three transcendentals three transcendentals the true the good and the beautiful okay and out of all of these three we've sort of lost Mm -hmm. touch with the good and the Mm -hmm. true because um people have people have their own perceptions of what they believe is true and what they believe is is good or right. So people can't agree on what's true and good anymore. Just telling somebody, well, you can't do that. It's wrong. And they would just say, no, it isn't. And do it anyway, you know. So that's not right. really a way that you can you can communicate with somebody anymore. By just telling them whether something is right or wrong or true or false. So... But beauty is something that is sort of more universal. And it's because it is both subjective and objective, mm-hmm. it's, it can't be refuted, really. And when you say that something was beautiful and that it touched you because it was beautiful and it changed your mind about what you think the truth is or what you think is good people can't refute that because it, it's not just happening in your mind with your logic or anything like that it's happening in your in your soul basically you could explain to someone what you know, happened to you what happened to yeah. you
1: and you could even explain to someone here's why I think that thing mm-hmm. is beautiful mm-hmm. you could you know line up you know list some yeah. criteria that you you um, could could name perhaps, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah. Sometimes whether you, something um, is beautiful or not yeah. is um is a mystery. Yeah, you don't always you can't always explain it. I think that I have mentioned this that that the thing about beauty is just like you said. I think maybe you said it much better. It beauty goes beauty reaches straight for the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to uh, argument. Yeah, um, or attempts at persuasion. Mm hmm. Um, and and so and so it's very important. Um. That people experience beauty in their lives. Yeah. Um, now, there is a famous saying that just came to mind. I believe it is from the founder of the arts and crafts movement of interior design and aesthetics, if you will. Oh, okay. And I, if I remember the name of the person, or perhaps you could look it up, mm-hmm. um, he, he said, have nothing in your home... That you do not know to be useful Mm -hmm. or believe to be beautiful. Oh, okay. So imagine if you were to construct your your home Mm -hmm. or your office or your life like that. You only have in it things that are useful, Mm -hmm. which could be a way of saying things that are good, maybe, Mm. in some way. Yeah. Or things that are beautiful. Right. And if something is beautiful... Yes. It's not necessarily useful in a utilitarian sense, yes. but it's good, isn't it? Well, Oscar Wilde said
0: art is quite useless. Yeah. In yeah. his uh, introduction to the picture of Dorian Gray.
1: Art and beauty, beautiful things, they really don't have any utilitarian or practical yeah. use. Uh, unless you consider um, uh, interior healing and... Um, having a peacefulness inside after experiencing mm-hmm. something beautiful, unless you consider those yes. useful, which I do, actually. I think that yes. those are, are good things. <sighs> so, um, now, are we talking about, what kind of beauty are we talking about? Visual beauty? Um, or, I guess we're talking about it all, aren't we? Because remember, our, um, in our first episode, I was talking about how I had a reaction to beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Um, a reaction to beautiful paintings, a beautiful performance. How about this? Mm-hmm. How about having a reaction that is healing and helpful to you and inspires you? Um, how about having that type of reaction from a beautiful story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all of those qualify. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because so... there, there are beautiful stories where, mm-hmm. it's. It, in fact, it may even depict something that's not necessarily aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Or... It's not rough around the edges, yeah, or it doesn't have some things that are that are perhaps distasteful. Mm-hmm. But overall, the story is beautiful because of what it's saying
0: mm-hmm. about the
1: human condition, yes, yeah, about life and so on. Mm. Um, I mean, I never forget this. Do you remember? You know who Andrew Lincoln is? He no. plays um, Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. Oh, okay, yeah. I watched. This is. But when the show was first coming out, when they, uh-huh. they had just done the first season, yes. which six episodes or something of the first season, mm-hmm. and he was very yeah. excited about being in this show. Yes. About zombies. Mm-hmm. Where everything mm-hmm. in this world is horrible. Yes. It is dead it is and so smelling much, dirty. so much fun
0: for an actor.
1: <laughs> but in, and I'll never forget <laughs> that what Andrew Lincoln said, he was so excited. He was talking about it, and he said, It's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. This show is going to be beautiful. I thought, mm-hmm. That's an interesting statement mm-hmm. because that show actually is not visually beautiful, is it? No, not at all. Anything with zombies, it's gross, it's mm-hmm. disgusting, it's it's yeah. horrendous. However, mm-hmm. I, the, but the beauty he's talking about is, uh, you know, the, the human stories that are going on, the stories of transformation and healing that are happening in people's lives mm-hmm. as they deal with this, this zombie apocalypse, essentially, yep. this, this crisis yeah. that brings out the best and the worst in people. hmm so, in a way, some of those shows, some of those episodes really are beautiful stories. hmm Yeah.
0: And... Even if they show the worst in people.
1: Yeah. Be- because the response of some of the people f- to the worst coming out, mm-hmm. out of the world, out of these zombies, or out of other people, is mm-hmm. it brings out the best in them. And that's, and that's beautiful.
0: So, so um, two things that I learned about, about theater and art... Is that we all share common questions, and theater leads us to self discovery. So I like to think of theater or art as a unifying thing. Here's a story. I'll tell it to you in a story because stories okay. are way more effective. All right, go so for it. <clears throat> I directed a play about a year ago, and my my goal with the play was to was to show. What what you were talking about before the best of people and the worst of people and it was a it was a story about family. And are how, you talking about just to interrupt briefly? Are you talking about Titus Andronicus? Yes. Okay. So it was, it was for me. It was a story about how people interact and how how horrible and wonderful human beings are. Mm-hmm. And there was a reviewer who came to see the show, and in his in his review of the show, he drew a bunch of parallels between the show and the current political climate and all this stuff. And it was referring to a very minor character in the play. It didn't wasn't about the story at all really it was just about oh this this part of this play reminded me of this political thing that's really making me angry and uh in this political climate that was very very relevant and i really liked that and i it made me so mad because i i don't when you have a like a political message or goal in mind when you're making art you're dividing your audience Mm -hmm. and art is supposed to bring people together and even if you're expressing certain ideas or certain viewpoints in uh, it with with your with your characters, I feel like you can you can do that and still make something that's unifying um, that brings people together mm-hmm. and makes us makes us know that we. Are not the only ones who have questions. We're not the only ones who are lost. We're not the only ones who don't know what they're doing in life. Um One of our favorite movies is Shadowlands. And he has that conversation with, uh, I think it was a student of his. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, a statement that appears a couple times is, We We read to know that we are not alone. Yeah. And... Yeah, I think this applies to all forms. We of
1: art. experience art in order to know we're not alone, or hopefully, yes. we, after experiencing the art, we realize that we're not alone.
0: Yes, yes. yes. So you yeah. look at something and you, or you read something, or you hear a story, and you, you think, ah, oh, there we go. That's me. Mm. Being able to see yourself in something, and as um. As actors, we have to do that as well, where they tell us, when you're picking out a monologue for an audition, for example, don't think about whether or not you look like this person or or something like that. It says, is what they're saying, does it resonate with you? You know, so I, I have an audition coming up and I'm doing a monologue from a character called um, the Duke of York, who is the, like, 60-year-old uncle of this, of this really silly, frivolous king, okay. basically telling him, listen, buddy, you gotta shape up, or people are gonna start to hate you, and someone might want to kill you, and I really don't want to, but I'm gonna have to turn against you, even though I love you, mm-hmm. and that resonated with me, um, so I used it, even though... I could never play the Duke of York for real in a show. But that right. monologue resonated with me. Well, because your
1: summary of that statement, that anybody could say that to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. an older, wiser, experienced person could mm-hmm. say that to someone who they observe, mm-hmm. perhaps a younger person, yeah. who's making huge mistakes and, yeah. and here's your advice. You're saying, look, so that's, look, that's universal.
0: Older people giving advice to younger people. Yep. Hey, look, <laughs> you're going to be mad at me and that's okay, because I gotta say this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Um. Let me see. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I wanted to talk about uh, Roger Scruton a little bit. Sir Roger Scruton. Yes.
1: He's from England. Yes. Now describe. How, now that's all I know about him. Who else is he? What? Who?
0: I think he's a philosopher, or a thinker, or something. I don't really know. But we watched. A documentary. This guy, world-renowned British philosopher, writer, and public commentator. Okay, looks he looks very serious. A documentary that we watched for school called "Why Beauty Matters," Mm. and he's just he talks about various things like finding beauty and redemption in the worst things. Um, Beauty is a value as important as truth and goodness it's a remedy for chaos and suffering it shows human life as worthwhile which is what i thought of when you were talking about the walking dead Mm. because yeah it's it's about how human life is worthwhile and people struggling with that and thinking i people think i don't want to live in this world anymore or like um what's her name when she found out she was pregnant and she thought i don't know if i want to Bring a child into a world like this, mm-hmm. um, you know, those kind of questions, but sort of showing human life as worthwhile. So when we, when we give something value, when we say that it has something is useful, therefore it is valuable, mm-hmm. um, useless things are often actually the most valuable, like love. Um, we don't want to fall into a culture of utility. You know where something that isn't useful goes away, but we usually, if you put the usefulness of something first, um, it it uh, sort of cheapens it, I guess. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I do. Ascribing I do. value to something brings it down to earth, as opposed to it being something that's something that's sublime. You know, right? Too big. Right or too big to even really think about, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sort yeah. of brings us out of this world. And yeah, beauty whatever... is sublime. Yeah, and
1: utility is is not. Yeah, whatsoever.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if um, for the, those of us who uh, believe in a great beyond or a uh, an eternity, mm-hmm. it's sort of a little taste of heaven to see something beautiful, I guess.
1: Well, yes. Do you remember we, we talked about this uh, recently? Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis's is uh, what he called Joy with a capital J. Oh, yeah, Joy, yeah. He, and remember he his brother made um, a little diorama mm-hmm. of a garden? Yeah. And Lewis described that as heaven in a biscuit tin. hmm Those little glimpses of um, of heaven, um, mm-hmm. you know, autumn. That's so what we're talking about,
0: autumn. Right, yeah trying to read my own handwriting here (laughs) yeah like something you love seems not to belong in the real world hmm
1: did he say that roger Scruton, or is that uh really something you love seems not to belong in the real world or not to be in the real world not to belong not to belong in the real (sighs) world Mm -hmm. how interesting did he unpack that at all that that statement? I don't know. Something that's you all love. I, that's all I wrote. He just said that. Something you love seems mm-hmm. not to belong in the real world. Yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. to think about that. So yeah, it can't be it can't be limited or described, really. Because you're not when you, I think when you consider something as beautiful, you're sort of your mental space is sort of in a realm that is beyond the laws of this planet, basically. The fact that you can't
1: explain sometimes why you think something is beautiful or why you love something.
0: Art is So while you're trying to decipher your handwriting there, (laughs) I
1: wanted to um, segue back into stories. Um, I I think this is one of the reasons why we we like stories Mm -hmm. is because they do something that real life often doesn't do Mm-hmm. And that is provide uh, a, a sort of a satisfying ending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's something beautiful about a satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, for example, I I just finished watching recently mm-hmm. season two of Jack Ryan. Well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> no, about on the topic of beauty, but uh-huh. in and what's. I guess what's beautiful about that, or what is um, satisfying about mm-hmm. about that s- story and stories like it, is that it's it's glorious to see mm-hmm. a corrupt politician taken down. Yeah, <laughs> because it so seldom happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Right? In real life, you know, corrupt corrupt politicians get away with stuff. I mean, just look at all of human history. Yep, it's, it's rife with corrupt politicians mm-hmm. getting away with things. And then the other thing is the thing that we like about stories is that. They, they follow a progression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They follow an arc. They yeah. come to a, sort of a, a high point. Yeah, and then they have a satisfying Dumont and conclusion. Yeah, and it things become able to be put into a tidy box in the form of a story. Right. Yeah. Whereas real life is so seldom like that. It's like um, uh, P G Wodehouse wrote in uh, one of his uh, 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 Jeeves and uh, Bertie Wooster uh, right. stories, uh-huh. uh, Bertie Wooster says, Well, life is one damn thing after another. Yeah. <laughs> right? It just keeps going. It's, it's the, this is where the term the hamster wheel comes from. Right, yes. Being on a hamster wheel is mm-hmm. not beautiful. It is not sublime. No. It is very just, you just don't mm-hmm. like it. And, you, and you, you can look at that and, and feel like it's pointless. Yep. And the, and you know what's interesting about that? Being on the hamster wheel mm-hmm. is pointless. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Yes. But what are you doing all the time when you're on the pa- on the hamster wheel? You are doing quote unquote useful things, mm-hmm. aren't you? You're yeah. buying and selling and earning and producing and mm-hmm. going on errands and checking off things on your to do list. Yes. That is being useful or productive. Mm-hmm. Do you know and do you know what? There's a big difference between being productive. Mm-hmm. Which is utilitarian and useful, yeah, but ultimately meaningless, yeah. Versus being fruitful, yeah. Okay, fruitfulness mm. is beautiful, yeah, because it has meaning beyond the sort of these everyday temporal things, like making sure the refrigerator is full of food. I guess mm-hmm. this is important. You yeah. must have food in your refrigerator so that you can eat and sustain your life, right? But ultimately, uh, what's the old saying? Man does not live by bread
0: alone. No. Oh, you know what? Yeah. He said, man does not live by bread alone. I have another quote from Dostoevsky. All right, lay it on me. It's from a book that he wrote called Demons. (laughs) (laughs) Demons, the idiot. Yeah. Okay. Man can live without science. He can live without bread. But without beauty, there would no longer be anything to do to the world. Do you want to leave it at
1: that? Yes, that was cool. <laughs> I'm really, uh, I really enjoyed this uh, this conversation. Yeah, I um, I hope everybody uh, that you all enjoyed this conversation also about beauty and aesthetics. We wish you uh, all the best. Um, let's sign off. All right, all right, very good. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. We'll see you next time.